You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard. I'll be your host tonight, Ali. You can follow me on Twitter at FFDynastyGrill. And with me as always, my two amazing co-hosts. I'll start with you, Matt. You can follow on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. How are you doing, Matt? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing quite good, Ali. Um, I've got to confess, I have become something that I absolutely despise this past weekend. I have um, put my Christmas tree up. <laughs> In November. I uh, Yeah, I'm that guy that everybody hates and... Yeah, I've, I've I've caved. It must be getting uh, must be getting mellow in my older age, and yeah, in the festive spirit already. So yeah, looking forward to the show. Excellent. I I must admit I done the same as well. I caved in yes. and we put the tree up, put the decks up, and we I even sat and watched a Christmas film as well. So Love I've it. got we've got, we've got to make up for a, a crap couple of years, haven't we? So we have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I'll come to my next amazing co-host, who which is Kev. You can follow at on Twitter. At Dynasty underscore Go, how you doing, Kev? Yeah, good. Thank you. I mean, talking about old people and mellowing. Um, I've got <laughs> to say, I did the same as well. My trees up yes. extra early this year. Um, yeah, just I'm I'm usually against putting up this early, but same. Do you know what? It looks really nice, and uh, it's it's brought a bit of bit of a bit of a, a nice feel to the house, actually. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Complete. Completely agree. We need someone to look forward to, don't we? And we've got all this bad news about the new variant of COVID and it's going to be locked down for Christmas. So, <laughs> you know, let's just enjoy it in our own household at least. At least we'll have an ash tree while we're stuck in our own house. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, the, the bad news continued this week with the, with the news that Christian McCaffrey is going to be ruled out for the rest of the season once again. Just wanted to get your boys' takes on Christian McCaffrey and Dynasty. Has he dropped down your rankings? And if you've got him, what are you doing with him right now? Kev, I'll let you go first because I know you put a nice tweet out today about uh, McCaffrey. So. Yeah, I saw some people saying that um, starting next season, he'll still be Dynasty running back one. And to be honest, I think that's take lock. I think yeah. he's got to drop a little bit. Um, I wouldn't drop him too far, maybe... I don't know, running back four. Um, I've got JT above him. I've got Swift above him. I think him and Saquon are pretty close, pretty similar, actually, guys that are injury. Injury hit the past couple of seasons, but when they're on it, they're, they're pretty untouchable, to be fair. But, yeah, I think you've got to drop him down a little bit if you've got him. Well, we'll discuss him on one of the players today, what to do, <laughs> potentially. But, yeah, I just think... It's just such a bad situation to 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 have him. Um, if you're going to sell him, it all depends on your situation, really. If if you need yeah. someone, you've got to do it. There's no point missing your window because you're too proud to lose a bit of value. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. What about you, Matt? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we all did. We all have him RB two before. Obviously, this this past news that broke. So, yeah, yeah, I think it, a bit like yourself, Kev. He's probably fell into that group with Barkley, and I think Alvin Kamara as well. I think those three are having pretty pretty close in my rankings. I've probably got Kamara over both those guys at the minute. Obviously, though, Oof. another running back that's that struggled with injuries these these past couple of weeks. But yeah, it's just tough. It? It's just. It just seems to happen all the time, don't it? We, we get excited about running backs. They're, they're always the 101. There's always one running back that stands out, and then it just hits you like a ton of bricks. And, yeah, they just seem to to slide down the rankings, feel like you lose a lot of value. Um, yeah, I think it's just it's just tough, isn't it? It's running backs, I say it all the time. It's one of my favourite positions in fantasy, but mm-hmm. it's equally one of my most hated because it's just such a headache. Every year you feel like you're, you're flipping and, and swapping them around, just trying to keep on top of it. But... Yeah, tough, tough news for McCaffrey. Do, do either of you guys own him in Dynasty? Yeah. I think I have, I have one share, I think, at the minute, and I'm just holding for the moment. I feel like if I'm if I'm selling right now, you're selling it at the lowest price possible. I think as soon as he's, he's coming back from this injury in the off-season or whatever, start getting the rumours that he's back practising, that's when you're going to get a little bit of bumping value, and then that's probably a time you should should look to sell if you are looking to, to move on. Yeah, completely agree with that. And I think I just added it up from over last season and this season, he's going to miss 23 games, which is an astonishing amount. Um, 
it is a bit worrying. Uh, the two the two teams I've got him on are both contenders. One of them is with Jonathan Taylor as well, which I was extremely excited to pair them <laughs> to get together, but it's not quite worked out. Um, I've seen some crazy, couple of crazy trades on on Twitter. Uh, one involving sending Christian McCaffrey and Derek Henry and receiving mm, Austin Eckler on that contender. Um, and the other one was straight up for Miles, San- Miles Sanders, which was <laughs> I found was quite hilarious. Um, you do crazy things when you're in desperate times trying to get that championship. Yeah, well, gotta go all in. Get to, to try and get it. That's the name of the game, winning. So, and I think that highlights a great point, Matt. That when you see these injuries, it is a, it's it's usually blood in the water. You smell that blood, and yep. I'd be, I'd be going after him in certain situations and putting a bit of yep. pressure on that owner mm-hmm. that needs an RB one right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right, I think we've summed that up pretty well. And with that, today's show, we're going to be recapping week 12 of the NFL season, where we're going to be highlighting some of the key players and talking points from this week's action and then analyse analyzing them from a dynasty's perspective. So we're going to start a bit different this week. We're going to talk about a couple of tight ends. Um, over mm. to you, Matt. Yeah, I'm going to start with Pat Frymouth. Um, if you listen to his shows during the off-season, the guy that I labelled Postman Pat, and Postman Pat's doing what Postman Pat does and he's delivering. I mean, he made that he made a quiet start to the season, as you would expect, really, from a, a rookie tight end. Weeks one to five, he had 13 targets, 11 receptions, 100 yards and one touchdown. That was the tight end, 28 during that span, having just 5.4 fantasy points per game. Um, it, his, his offensive snaps were below 50% as well, so not getting that... That big usage, but as I say, as a, as a rookie tight end, you don't expect that. Looking a little bit more like Hermes rather than, than Royal Mail, I'd say. But um, <laughs> then we're moving into to yes. beyond that. <laughs> I've turned into you, Kev. I feel, I feel disgusting doing it. <laughs> but yeah, then moving beyond that week six onwards, it's just looked a completely different play. And it's because of that increased opportunity. Looked absolutely fantastic. Week six to week 12, he's had 40 targets, 29 receptions, 227 yards and five touchdowns. Um, averaging up to 67% of the offensive snaps uh, per game. And he's been the tight end for four during that span, averaging 13.3 fantasy points per game. So, as I say, just looked like a completely different player now that he's, he's been given that opportunity. And it's really impressive to see from a rookie. We, we always know, don't we, these rookie tight ends, the, the user take time to adjust. But, yeah, Pat's just looked fantastic. Looks to be a key part of this offense um, already, especially in the red zone. Um, he actually leads the, the team in targets inside the 20 with 15 wow. and he's turned that into 10 receptions for all six of those of those touchdowns so yeah just a, an absolute weapon when it comes to to the red zone and um, then just looking for the rest of the season he does have some favorable matchups coming up the next four games they're all against top third teams in in the nfl in terms of passing yards allowed so you'd like to think there's every chance he can he can carry on this strong finish to the season um, and then just looking a little bit more long term, we have mentioned the, the concerns, obviously, with this offense, especially the, the quarterback position. I mean, Big Ben, it, it looked it looks really poor this past week, to be honest. And it does make you start worrying about all these assets. I know we're, we're big fans of Deontay Johnson as well. It's it's just something you've got to consider, I think, when, you, when you're talking about these players. But that's going to lead me on to, to my question back to you guys. Um, what do you think his ceiling could actually be on this offense? Uh, looking ahead, are you, are you concerned with? With the state of this offense, or would you be comfortable having having him as your your tight end one going into next season? Yeah, I think first of all, with Ryan Muth, he's he's gone under the radar because of the Kyle Pitts hype. But actually, when you compare his numbers to Kyle Pitts, he's been really impressive as a rookie. Um, he's less than one fantasy points per game difference in fantasy output. And bearing in mind, Pitts is playing a lot of wide receivers, so I think that's really really strong from Ryan Muth. Um, so far, he's had 40 catches in 11 games, if we compare that to the full seasons of rookies, so usually 16 games. That's more than guys like Dawson Knox, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, Dallas Goddard. Um, it's also above Irv Smith. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, tight end 11 on the season, tight end 14 in fantasy points per game. Um, he's been a red zone god, like I said, five touchdowns in the last five games, and it's it's looking extremely promising for him. You've got Juju likely gone, you've got Big Ben likely gone. I can't see Najee Harris continuing to be the RB2 in catchers. Um, it is early days, but I do think he's got potential to crack that um, 
that elite and really good tier at that, that top six tight end. Uh, Body-wise, I don't think he's a superstar athlete, but he's going to win with touchdowns and strong volume. I think, honestly, I am fine with him as my starter to begin 2022, but if I am contending, I want to move off him to trade up for a top, top tight end. But I do think he is a really nice asset to use as a piece to trade up with because if you're getting a veteran tight end, it, it likely means that that team's not a contender. They will be rebuilding. And what's better in a rebuild than a young tight end and, say, a first-round pick? Yeah, if, if you listen to the, the fantasy footballers, they refer to him as the move, the move is Luth. And certainly what the move was Luth again this week. <laughs> and you, you absolutely love to see it, the the late-season dominance continuing from Fry Muth. Another touchdown grab this week, and things have really fallen his way this season with Juju and, and Ebron, etc. Um, and then just compared to Carl Pitts over the last four weeks, Fromuth is tight end three and Pitts is tight end 16, just for context. And with Juju gone and Ebron now on IR, I can certainly see Fromuth continuing his good fantasy numbers and someone that you can absolutely roll with each week with with, with confidence. Um, and with the tight end position being even more disastrous than most years, uh, Fromuth could easily end up, I think, on a lot of championship rosters. And then just looking ahead to next season and beyond, I agree and I am confident that he's a tight end one moving forward. So if he's your starter, then yeah, I'm probably okay with that at the minute. Um, but I do see it being a good opportunity to to cash in on him and and move up at the position, um, whether that be now if if your trade deadline hasn't passed or maybe in the off season. Uh, I, I don't think that his value is going to change much between now and then. Um, for me, he's certainly locked in as a top 10 tight end to be taken in startups next season. That's in my opinion anyway. And with top tight ends such as Darren Waller and TJ Hawkinson having relatively quiet seasons, I think it'd be interesting to see if you could fire in an offer for, for what the, the manager of one of those players and just see if you can trade up and into that sort of tier of tight end that you, you want to be owning. So my question to you guys is, what is the difference in price between Pitts and Frymouth right now? Yeah, I know I did a, a thread on Kyle Pitts during the, the weekend on Twitter. And while I was looking, I did notice on uh, DLF, his, his current values um, in Superflex is a, a late first and an early second, I think, to, to get someone like Kyle Pitts. So then thinking about Pat Frymouth um, in Superflex League, I'd probably say an early second, would you? I think that's that's relatively fair. I don't think yeah. I want to give up yeah. a first round pick just yet, obviously. We've seen it before. I'm a Giants fan. I always think back to Evan Ingram when we're talking about rookie tight ends and having having great rookie seasons and then, yeah, just becoming Evan Ingram. So I do have my, my slight concerns. Just I don't want to jump fully on, on board with him just yet, but it's hard to deny. He's looked fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I think if, an early second, I think that's a fair price, but he's still, he's still a fair bit behind pits for me. What about you, Kev? Yeah, I think in, in terms of value, you'd say... A first, maybe a little bit on top difference between these two guys. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably probably fair, a first and a second and fry move to get pits. But I just I feel that knowing the pits owners in my leagues and speaking to them, <laughs> I don't think that I get it done. I think there's that <laughs> I just think it's gonna be really hard to get Kyle Pitts right now. Um just because a lot of people have got him tight end one. And he's yeah. barely scraped the surface. I think. I don't know if his price is going to go up. Is is it? It's probably going to stay as high as it is. He's going to go earlier in startups, but yeah, I think I think it's fair. First and a second on top of frame, you have to get to pits, but it's probably not enough. You on board with that, Ali? Yeah, certainly. I I don't think you'll find anyone that's going to deal Carl Pitts right now, unless it's in a a big package um i think the carpets owners are happy that they own him um they're going to ride out any sort of down weeks that he's going to have uh he's certainly tightened one in a lot of dynasty players eyes so um they're just gonna to hold him and it's gonna be a massive price if you want to try and acquire him so yeah i um, think your best chance as well is if pitts is um if he's landed on a, a contending team and they're desperate mm-hmm. for another piece maybe they've lost a mccaffrey and don't want to mm-hmm. give him up they may try to trade off a, a pits and take a hit at a position at tight end where it can be a little bit more volatile than other spots. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. 
with that, we'll we'll move on to another tight end that's having a, a really good year. On to you, Kev. Yeah, tight end show, isn't it? We thought we'd do it as a, as a homage to Matt, who's a big tight end fan. Uh, every league's a tight end premium with him, but yeah, Absolutely. I'm talking about I'm talking about this year's Robert Tunyon in Dawson Knox. So uh, if you think back to last year, Tunyon was all about touchdowns and efficiency, and that's exactly what Knox is doing this year. Seven touchdowns on 31 grams. That's a touchdown every 4.4 catches. Uh, compared to last year's Tunyon. 11 touchdowns on 52 catches, which is 4.7 catches per touchdown. Uh, with Knox, he has made that third-year leap. He's 25 years young, and he has been one of the biggest surprises of 2021. He was going as the tight end 31 in August, the LF ADP. And the Bills, they added uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, they've improved the defense, which is actually number one in scoring in the NFL. Um, and Knox is actually stealing a ton of work from Gabe Davis, who... Uh, he, he currently sits on 17 catches and two touchdowns after getting seven touchdowns last season. So uh, the Gabe Davis owners uh, will be throwing a lot of hate towards Dawson Knox, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, Knox, I mean, he didn't have an amazing draft profile. He was a, a late third rounder in 2019. Uh, in college, he had 39 catches in his whole college career and zero touchdowns. Um, but we've got to remember... Tight end, it's all about athleticism and opportunity. Um, he is a high-end athlete. Athlete, He's got size. He's winning with elite efficiency. Plus, in college at Ole Miss, he was on a team with AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Elijah Moore, etc. So, I think he, he could be one that slipped through the cracks and he could be untapped potential. Uh, we recently did our mid-season ranks. I had him 11, Matt 13, Ali 15. Uh, most recent DLF ADP has him tight end 11. Um, I think he's a very interesting asset. Um, he's in that tight end wasteland, sort of after the big six, where it's pretty fluid. Uh, but he has been efficient. Uh, like I said, I think he's untapped. He's in a solid offense with a solid QB. But actually, he's also been really consistent. Six tight end one weeks out of nine. Although only one of these tight end one weeks came without a touchdown. So it's a touchdown that's dragging him up there. Um, he's a tight end eight on the season, tight end five in fantasy points per game. But Knox, for me, he's clearly ascending. He's been performing great. I just want to know what you think about this season. Is it going to be the career year for Knox, or does he have that further room to grow? And if so, what can his realistic ceiling be? Yeah, for me personally, I'm not going to be that high on him. I I don't see the overall upside of Knox being that high long term, to be honest. it's I wouldn't honestly be surprised if this ends up being his career year his best year ever in terms of stats and that's that's not a knock on him he's having a fantastic year three leap a lot of tight ends do make that year two year three leap and they come on and he could be one of those I, I might get it wrong um and if certainly if you own him right now you're extremely happy to do so uh I just lost this week in Scott Fishbowl to a Josh Allen Stefan Diggs Dawson Knox stack and they all scored <laughs> plenty of points which was painful and good process by that player um <laughs> But he's, but he's ha- the fact that he's having a career year. Everyone is saying how fantastic he is. He's still only the tight end eight, and it's it's in a year where tight ends have been pretty bad generally for fantasy. And as you mentioned, Kev, just thirty-one receptions. That's behind the likes of Jared Cook, Dan Arnold, and my guy Cole Komet. Uh So, <laughs> so to, you summed it up perfectly when you said he he is this year's Robert Tunyon for me. Um, and I think going forward, he he's still going to be a solid tight end one. He's He's obviously tied with Josh Allen, fantastic court, is fantasy quarterback one at the minute. Um, but I just don't personally see him ever reaching into my top two tiers of of tight ends. Uh, so again, like like Pat Frymuth, I think I'd like to try and cash in on him right now if I owned him and try and trade up to to one of those safer guys. Yeah, I agree with what Ellie said, to be honest. I, I have my concerns. Uh, we mentioned about the volume outside of week 11. just doesn't seem to have that that high volume, and I think that's always scary when you're talking about tight ends in fantasy. Um, obviously made up for it, though, with the, the seven touchdowns in the nine games that he has he has played. Um, as Ali mentioned, tied to a, a really strong offense with a top young quarterback. Um, Kev, you alluded to the fact he was a third-round pick. I mean, it's still day two. It might have been back end of the third, but... I mean, if, if Buffalo are that good, then what, what can you do about it? I mean, it's, yeah. it just happens to, to, to be late. And yeah, he's, he's a solid athletic profile. Um, shows that when, it, when he plays. 
Um, really tough runner when he when he's got the ball in his hand. So there's a lot of things to 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 be impressed by him. Um, but like we've mentioned, he's currently a tight end eight, and I, I do find it hard to to believe that he can build much on that moving forward. And um, when we're talking about these elite fantasy tight ends, we're, we're usually talking about guys that tend to be the top option in in their offense in in terms of the passing game. Um, and then obviously with, with Knox having to compete with with Stefan Diggs, who again has looked really impressive this season, maybe not up to, to the, the heights of last year, but again, just it looks unmarkable, doesn't it, at times? I mean, that touchdown that he scored this weekend, I mean, there's nobody on earth, I think, that could that could stop that route. So, yeah, it's tough when he has got to compete with somebody like that for volume, and, and that's just where my, my concerns come with um, with Knox. But my question back to you guys, um, Ali briefly mentioned it about um, packaging up to, to, to get a better tight end, but if you couldn't do that, um, would you rather hold or... Would you, would you sell him on the, on the fact that he is having such a, a good season? I think me personally, I, I would look to sell him uh, mm-hmm. just based on the touchdowns. It's it, it's something that can can be quite uh, fluid in changing year to year. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be looking to sell him. Actually, I mentioned that he was my tight end 11 and we spoke about Postman Pat a little bit earlier on, <laughs> who was lower than that. I think in the last three weeks, I'd probably move Fry and Muth above uh, Dawson Knox. Mm-hmm. I think if I, I reckon you could uh, trade off a uh, Knox and get a Fry and Muth for maybe a, a little bit on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly. Um, I think I'd definitely be looking to sell as well, unless unless I had Josh Allen as one of my quarterbacks. To have that stack is is pretty decent going forward. Um, but yeah, I think I'd be I'd be looking to sell probably for Logan Thomas and a pick or something like that. Um, <laughs> oh, Legend. I'm not, not even going to respond to that. <laughs> I, I just asked the question because I actually have knocks in in my home league and I've got Dallas got it. And it's just every week it seems to be, do I go with the, you feel mm. like you've got that volume, don't you? It's one like, like Dallas got it, but. I mean, Kev, you you know better than than us. The, this Eagles offense, it seems to be a lot of where is it? Yeah, <laughs> a lot yeah, of running, yeah. and then Jalen hurts. You you had one week of bigging him up, and and he's turned into Blake Bortles. So, um, yeah, it's it's always been in my home league. It's it's tough every week to to make that decision because you just know Knox is just going to pull in some some touchdowns like this past week. I mean, I I put Goddard in this week. I mean, zero zero yards was it on one reception, and then Knox have seventy two touchdowns. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just what he's one of those players in it where you're gonna you're gonna bench him when you think you've got that volume and he's gonna put them them touchdowns in and then when you play him you'll have like two receptions and, and no touchdowns for about ten yards. So yeah, pain. That's <laughs> yeah, that's tough when you've got two two tight ends like that who are in mm. the same sort the same tier for me and it's it's I always yeah. make, make the wrong decision probably like you Matt always yeah. go with the wrong one. Um, so yeah. Uh, keep us informed if you do manage to trade him away. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> right, we'll we'll move on to to my pick. I'm not going to talk about a tight end. I'm going to talk about someone from the Buccaneers. <laughs> it won't be a surprise. I think, I think I'd rather talk about a tight end. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Logan Thomas. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> uh, no, Leonard Fournette. Um, obviously, Leonard Fournette. He scored four touchdowns this week. Honestly, what a guy. His, his, his fourth and final touchdown has got to be my f- favourite video of, of, well, the season so far. A 28-yard run where he, he absolutely ran through a defender. He barreled him, smashed him 10 yards back into the <laughs> to the end zone <laughs> to clinch the win. And it was it was fantastic. I think I've watched it about 20 times this week already. Um, but, yeah, putting my biased opinions to one side, you, you just have to say what a season Fournette's having. And to be honest, I certainly didn't. I didn't call it. He's he's blown my expectations, to be honest. Um, personally, got very little shares of Fournette. I very much thought it was going to be a timeshare between him and Ronald Jones. Um, Fournette's snap percentage was up to 81% on Sunday, so that shows you just how wrong I was on this situation. Um, and it's it's honestly been the Fournette that we saw in the playoffs last season that, that really helped the Bucks win the Super Bowl. Um, don't think I've mentioned that recently so i'll just put that in there um he's he's up to rb5 on the season now he's and he's not just doing it on the ground either he's got 51 receptions uh which is a staggering amount he's 21 in the last three weeks and he's got the same number of catches as past catch and specialist austin eckler which is 
which is a hell of a stat. Um, it really blew my mind when I saw it. Um, he's only one reception behind Najee Harris, and he's only five behind DeAndre Swift, who who leads the league. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's 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 difficult schedule to end the season for Fournette, but the Bucks are certainly going to have to lean on Fournette as they ramp up the playoffs to try and get obviously a high seed in the NFC. And it's these receptions that have me thinking really he's going to end up um, on a lot of championship rosters this season. Uh, but then the, the big question mark clearly in, is in Dynasty, what happens after this season? Fournette's going to be a 27-year-old running back and he's got a lot of hard mileage on his legs. Um, I think a lot depends on what happens with Brady and whether the Bucks are going to go all in again. Um, they've got quite a few guys they have to pay. Chris Godwin, Carlton Davis are the big ones. Along Among a lot of the Bucks media, they all say that he's earned an extension and it's been talked up recently. Um, I just think it comes down to money and what he expects. Um, if he's willing to accept a smaller amount to stay with a contender, then I think he's going to stay and he's going to be a good running back again. We <clears throat> we saw in the off, the off season that there actually wasn't a market for Fournette. Nobody came in for him, so he ended up coming back to the Bucks. Um, so my guess would be that he sticks around. Um, Rojo's a free agent, it, so I think the Bucks are going to want some continuity of that position. Um, obviously, unless they end up drafting a runner back at the end of the first or second round. So. My question to you guys is, if you were going for the championship, uh, what would you be prepared to pay to acquire Leonard Fournette right now? Um, and then what sort of value do you think Fournette has after this season? If I know I'm making the playoffs, then I think I'd be fine giving up my first to make that that final push. But I, I will just start off by saying that I'm going to hold my hands up and, and take the absolute L on, on Big Lenny because, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's definitely outperformed what, what I expected. Like you said, Ali, I thought it'd be more of a timeshare with Kev's favourite running back, um, Rojo. But <laughs> obviously it's not worked out that way and he's absolutely taken over this backfield and, and he's been really impressive. And it's it's also been impressive, like you mentioned, the fact that he's, he's seen such a healthy amount of targets as well each game. Um, third, third amongst running backs in terms of, of receptions and only five behind DeAndre Swift. Who we, all get, we all go crazy over the fact that you get so many receptions. So the fact that that Leonard Fournette's just just far behind that is is really impressive, um, but then he's also dominating on the ground as well, averaging four point five yards per carry. Um, the only moment of pause I would have, just looking a little bit for the rest of of this season, is that schedule that he's got coming up. Um, obviously, got an easy week this week against the Falcons, but then it's um, the Bills, the Saints, and and the Panthers who who are all top run defenses. So you maybe think. It could potentially struggle, but but as I say, with those receptions and and the pass usage, you feel like he's going to at least have a, a safe floor. It might just limit the the upside. Maybe we don't see the the four touchdowns every week against against those running backs. Um, and then looking beyond this season, it is tough. Like you mentioned, did the Tampa Bay feel comfortable giving him a, a long term contract um, after such an impressive season? Like we've spoke about at the top of the show with these running backs, the the demise of these running backs, it comes quick. So maybe they are a little bit hesitant to, to pay a guy who's, who's getting up there in age. I think he's, he's 27, I believe. So, yeah, that would be my only concern long term. But but either way, I'd, I'd love to have him on on any roster where I'm competing. And, and sadly, I don't have him on a single a single roster in mind after all that shade that, that I threw all over him this offseason. But, um, yeah, somebody that I'd love to have to, to round out the year. Yeah, I think with Lenny's, he's worth paying a late first and a tiny bit on top. And that's just based on the time of year where you look at some of the deals going down in leagues right now. I've seen James Conner traded for a first, lol. Um, <laughs> you, you just see other deals where you think it's really getting expensive out there right now. So um, I, I think a first and a tiny bit on top, I don't think it gets him after this week. So you might have to bide your time and hopefully you haven't got a trade deadline. Um, up to running back five on the year, like you mentioned, running back nine in fantasy points per game. I can see the Fonet owners getting greedy there. I think there's a fine line between getting a good value and no deal at all. So, um, if you are a Fonet owner and you're looking to sell, just uh, don't get too greedy, I'd say. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of trades, which on Christian McCaffrey earlier, I think uh, he's a sort of guy that makes sense for CMC owners uh, in a deal, including CMC or or not. I think it's, it's giving you exposure to running back one, uh, probably one of the cheapest prices out of all the running back ones out there, which will which says a lot if it's a first plus. Um, yeah, I think 
I think the Tuesday after the, the, your final, your championship game, that's when his value is gonna gonna drop. People will see that he's twenty seven years old, and they'll dirty their nappy. Um, <laughs> we've, we've seen that it, it can be dangerous with all the running backs that the value just hits a cliff, even if they're performing well. Um, I do also think it opens up a window for risk takers to actually get more production if if he does continue performing as he has. Um, I think regardless of how he finishes the season, I reckon he can get him for a first in the in the off season, especially if the um, sort of how he's finished is going to be a running back one. Um, selling him, I don't think you're going to get more than a first because of the rookie fever and fear of missing out. People won't want to give up too many picks. Yeah. Uh, but I'll just throw it back to you. I just, on fun, as a resident books fan, I just want to know you touched upon sort of his contract, but let's assume he stays and there's Keyshawn Vaughan. Mm. What sort of competition will he add to that backfield? Well, it's going to be a difficult one. I think they're going to want someone decent enough to come in there. I, but I think there's going to be decent enough running backs on the market. It's talking someone like a Marlon Mack, maybe you just stay scoop up for peanuts and Brady just gives him a call and say, come to Tampa Bay, come, come win another <laughs> ring. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, every off season you get there, this is going to be Keyshawn Bourne's year. He's really looking good. And then he just, he's not touched the ball. Um, obviously Gio Bernard, another one that I missed on thought he was going to have a significant role as the pass catching back. Whether, whether Fournette, Lenny's just managed to catch, practice catching the ball or not is that, but at least they've, They've shown confidence in him and that he's just taken all the work. So it's, I don't know, it's going to be a difficult one whether they draft another rookie um, or whether they, I, I personally think they're going to add someone like a Marlon Mack um, as backup and they're going to let Ronald Jones walk and hopefully he ends up on the Eagles. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder if maybe they do look for another pass catching running back as well. I know you mentioned about Gio Bernard. I think the fact that they went out to, to get Bernard, I think that that maybe shows something potentially that they, they maybe don't want to give Fournette the entire workload. I mean, obviously he's had it, but he's he's looked arguably better than than Bernard. Do, do maybe they look for a, a more speedy back? I mean, we know Fournette is is big, he's strong, he, he runs people into into the end zone, like you mentioned, Ali. Maybe they just do they potentially look for just a bit of a, a quicker running back who can do a little bit more out in space than than maybe what Fournette can. That that'd be maybe my suggestion mm. that. Would they look to do that? Obviously, I'm not a, an NFL coach, so don't listen too much to what I'm saying. But that is just maybe what I'd, I'd, I'd consider. If I'm playing Madden, that's what I'd be looking to do. Anyway. <laughs> I think if, if they're going to be all in again, which I presume they're going to be with Brady having one year left on his deal, they're going to want so someone. They don't want Keyshawn Vaughn as the second running back. So they're going to they're going to have to add somebody. And I agree, he's going to have to be a pass catching specialist. Um but yeah, they're certainly going to be. I think it's going to be a veteran. I, I think Bruce Arians likes his veterans rather than leaning on, on um, rookies. But, but we shall see. With that, we're going to move on to you, Matt. You've selected a quarterback. Who are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, I'm going to talk about Derek Carr. I mean, just like a Ford Focus, you can't get a more safe and reliable car than Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe you should be, maybe you should move to the Lions because it'd it fit right in at home, wouldn't it, at Ford Field? But um, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I'm on it today. I've turned into oh, this week. Love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Carr rock solid as always. Currently the, the quarterback 14, um, coming off a really solid game against against Dallas way through for 373 yards and, and one touchdown and, and zero interceptions. I actually saw an, an interesting stat on, on fantasy pros that, that when Derek Carr throws for over 300 yards, um, the Raiders are six and oh, and when he doesn't, they're, they're oh and five. So I think it just wow. goes to show that, that he is a key part of this offense. And, and when he's playing well, the, the Raiders tend to do well. And well, he's, when he's not, they, they struggle. And I mean, it's no surprise when they've got that vanilla running back, Josh Jacobs. Um, yes. they, they tend they tend to have to lean on Carr, but but then again, you could probably say the same thing about about Derek Carr. Nothing fancy, nothing spectacular, um, but just continues to be a, a real estate QB too. And um, you can guarantee he's either going to throw one or two touchdowns a game, and then probably throw in a, an interception there as well. But um, as I say, yeah, just just a really safe, steady quarterback. 
um, in his seven years prior to this season. He's finished nothing higher than QB12, but then nothing lower than, than QB20. I mean, you can't you can't bank any, anything anything else on the fact that he's, he's just going to be a, a high to mid QB2 every year. And then if you just look back at, at the ADPs, um, uh, this offseason, he was the QB24. 2020, he was QB29. 2019, QB26. Um, 2018 QB20. I mean, I don't need to go on. You can see there that he's, he's always outperforming the ADP, but as I say, never never blowing it out of the water, sadly. Um, not someone that you're ever excited about drafting, but yeah, it's just someone that you can rely on as your QB2. Um, if, you, if you're looking at Superflex League, just a, a real safe quarterback. And then just looking at the rest of season, um, he actually has a pretty a pretty good schedule. Um, we've got Washington, Kansas City, uh, Cleveland, uh, Denver, and and the Colts. So, um, five five easiest um, teams there. I think in terms of of past defenses, um, some some easy games for him to to hopefully maybe maybe make that push and, and become a QB one this year. Um, he's right on the brink. So hopefully with the, that run of games, he can he can crack into to that back end of of being a QB one. So, um, my question back to you guys, and it follows on nicely from. From Kev's question last week on Kirk Cousins, um, is it actually Derek Carr that, that's the most underrated quarterback in terms of fantasy? I mean, first of all, I just say amazing car jokes there, Matt. Um, <laughs> really proud of you for that one, but no, it's obviously Cousins. It was a great yeah. question by me last week. So, um, <laughs> although I think it is a similar similar trailer for and. I don't think there's too much in terms of undervalued. I think they're both undervalued, but I just got Cousins slightly more undervalued uh, just to save face and uh, try and make myself look good. Um, like you mentioned, Bicar, though, he's, he's solid. He's, he's only been a QB1 the once, but, uh, yeah, solid, reliable, safe over the years. You know he's always going to pass his MOT. Um, but yeah, I think with Carr, there is potential room for growth with the wide receiver weapons. Um, but he's actually in an underrated, solid situation in fantasy. Um, he's top five in pass attempts, deep attempts, and O-line protection. And surprisingly, the receiver target separation is number one in the league. So maybe it's the scheme of the weapons that's leading to this success. Um, I think him and Cousins are in similar situations, probably going to get new coaches next season. Um, I think they're going to be guaranteed to be starters, whether it be on the current team or other teams. They've got enough NFL QBs to to be starters, which is great for the dynasty value. But yeah, I think going back to the underrated, I think it's it's Cousins slightly, but Cars also um, just uh, creeping up the rear. <laughs> I will apologise in advance, but yeah, um, <laughs> certainly if if Derek Carr was was going to be a car, I think you bang on Matt. He would definitely be a full focus. <laughs> It's reliable as hell. It's, it's cheap to run. But do you really have dreams of owning a Ford Focus? Well, <laughs> certainly certainly not as your QB1 in the, the Audi, BMW and Mercedes League. But I mean, in that, in that, in that second division with Peugeot, Renault and Nissan, it's, <laughs> it's definitely a high-end quarterback too. Oh, God. But yeah, enough of that. You want to think this is a We Buy Any Car uh, podcast? Yeah. We need a sponsor, not a sponsor by the way. <laughs> But yeah, in terms of your question, I have to say Cousins is probably the most underrated in my eyes, but he's, he's definitely in that same class. He's, he's always better in his ADP, and that's all he has to do. If if you draft him as your quarterback too, then you're really happy with his with his finishes. Um but he, he doesn't have he doesn't have quite that same ceiling that Cousins does. Cousins is quarterback nine on the year. And I think the loss of Henry Ruggs has had a slight detrimental effect on on the Raiders offense as a whole. Um, so if you look at Derek Carr in weeks one to eight with Ruggs, he was averaging 19.5, two points. And the four weeks since he's been released, um, he's been averaging 15.5. So a bit of a, a decrease. And Deshaun Jackson does somewhat offset that, but he's he's not in the same level as Ruggs was at this point in his career. Um, and then presumably the, the new coaching staff coming in in Las Vegas, it always brings risk. Do they see Carr as the guy or do they want a new quarterback in? Um, there's no dead cap here, I believe, next year if they were to decide to go elsewhere um, other than the Derek Carr. Um, but I think he will be a starter somewhere. He's, he's still only 30 years old. It feels like he's been in the league a hell of a long wow. time. I thought he was older than that. Um, Ed, but he's a very solid quarterback too, and I'm certainly happy to roll with, with Carr as that for the foreseeable future. Um, just a quick question back to you guys. 
given Carr's decent rest of season schedule, together with Cousins' tougher schedule, who do you think scores more points the rest of the season? Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go Cousins. I mean, it pains me that we, we've just spoken nice things about Derek Carr. But yeah, I think Cousins, we, we mentioned it last week. I think the fact that he has players like Justin Jefferson, who uh, obviously Derek Carr has nobody really along that standard. He's got Darren Waller, but he's, he's not been the Darren Waller that we, we've got used to over the past couple of years. Um, yeah, Jefferson could just make those big plays. And then he's got Adam Thielen as well, who just doesn't yeah. seem to to not find the end zone every week. I mean, we, we bang on about it every, every year. It feels like we say that it's going to be touchdown regression and then he just keeps <laughs> keeps finding his way into the end zone. So, yeah, I just think with the players that he has, um, as well, I think with, with Dalvin Cook, obviously the injury where he's going to be forced to miss maybe two or three games. Does, does Cousins maybe have to throw it a little bit more than, than what they'd like? Um, that remains to be seen. But, yeah, I just think Cousins got got a bit more going for him in terms of the offence that he's on um, compared to Carr. Yeah, I'm the same. If it wasn't for the Cook and Waller injuries this weekend, I think it's like literally a coin flip. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm leaning Cousins plus I did say Cousins was the most. Of it, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll <take> that. <laughs> Right, and we'll move on to your next pick, Kev, and uh, going to talk about one of your favourite quarterbacks in the, in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, he's a guy that could potentially be underrated, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Old Philly favourite, Carson Wentz. Um, used to be a big favourite of mine before it soured this off-season. Um, I think the talent was a it genuinely nailed on um, for MVP in 2017. Um, it was a shame he got the injury. He had to watch uh, Big Nick ship the uh ship the super bowl but yeah i think what he did in that season sophomore season qb5 on a 13 game year was really impressive um it did it did show talent but was it to do with talent or was it to do with that awesome roster that we had around that time the the o-line uh the scheme etc it's an interesting thing to ponder um i'm really hoping that he plays 70 percent of snaps so the eagles get the colts as first round pick and i do think it's very likely based on the colts being in playoff hunt right now um it's it's been an, an obvious bounce back season for him in india after a really putrid 2020 of the eagles qb 11 on the year qb 16 in fantasy points per game um he had the qb 27 adp in august so he's he's crushed it i can't believe it was that low um i know i've bagged on michael Pittman before but i think looking overall below average weapons with the Colts, i feel sure they had further pieces having said that jack doyle was tight and won this week which is <laughs> unreal um, what a guy, uh, but yeah, I think Wentz as well. Long term security that we're craving dynasty is a free agent in 2025, and he's still only 28 years old. Uh, you've got the safety in an offense where he's handing the ball to the goat. Um, although I still worry about the recklessness that he has when he's running around, he's liable to get a cheap shot from uh, from the blind side because he just doesn't have a clue what's going on when he's running. Um, and injuries that they're they're what underdogged him in, in Philadelphia as well. He's um, I, I genuinely think he's not the most talented QB. I think he did flash it a little bit, but that's a lot to do with the scheme, the coaching, the O-line that was around him. And that's that's in place in, in Indianapolis, to be fair, with uh, Frank Reich. I think that's massive to have that connection. Um, I, th- I definitely think he's rehabbed his real-life value. I think he's uh, rehabbed his uh, dynasty value as well. However, the consensus doesn't. He's still only the QB24 in the most recent DLF ADP, so... I am probably a little bit higher than consensus on him on, in that respect, but just want to get your thoughts on what you see happening with Wentz's value over the next couple of years, and does that make him a buyer or selling dynasty in your eyes? Yes, yeah, a great question, and I certainly see the Colts they're heading in the right direction after, as you mentioned, the the crap twenty twenty season. Uh, they were just clearly be, better, uh, beaten by a better team this week. Lol. Um, <laughs> they they used that strong run game, the elite offensive line uh, first, a bit like the Titans with Derek Henry. Um, and, and with that, Tannehill was the quarterback eight and quarterback 13 the last two seasons. So it's clearly a formula that works and he can still be a quarterback one. Um, and I think Wentz is very much in that extremely solid quarterback two range, fringe quarterback one. As you mentioned, currently the quarterback 11. I don't personally want him as a quarterback one, but then 
you don't have to pay quarterback one price to acquire him. Um, sorry about the car reference again. Is 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 a bit like a beat up BMW Z4. He he was once a front runner, just needed a new cam belt put in. So he he moves. He went to Indy, went to the garage, and he inherited an elite offensive line again. And and now look at him. He runs like an elite sports car once again. So for me, I think on that basis of his ADP, I think he's for sure a buy at that cost. Um, I think all the talk this year is about Jonathan Taylor and, and Carson Wentz is going under the radar. Um, and you, you're paying much less to acquire him right now than if you were to try and trade for a younger guy like a Joe Burrow or or someone one spot ahead of him in, in the rankings as Dak Prescott. I think you're paying a hell of a lot more. So I don't think he has that same ceiling that he had, obviously, in 2017. But as you caught back to and someone that's still capable of a few boom weeks, I'm, I'm really happy to to roll with him as a quarterback too. Yeah. Before I start, I just want to apologise to all the listeners for, for setting Ali off with his, his car references. It turned into a car salesman, I think, over, over the last 10 minutes. No but, <laughs> um, but yeah, back to Wentz. I mean, he has been absolutely rock solid this season, behind one of the best O-lines in the NFL. Um, a far cry from what he had to deal with uh, with the Eagles and, yeah. and the struggles that he had there, obviously, behind that, that O-line. Um, I think there's no doubt that his value has seen a bump this season. Um, but I'd say that his value should remain pretty safe for the next two or three years. I mean, this offense is built around a, a strong run game. And then Wentz has been really efficient when, when throwing the ball, 21 touchdowns to, to just five interceptions. I mean, it's it's going back to, to when he was a, an MVP candidate. I mean, he's, he's looked a completely different player and, and I, and I do think that this offense just seems to to really suit him, and and the fact that he does have now more time to to to, to make his decisions when throwing the ball, I think that helps with with a player like Wentz. Um, yeah, I, I'd say he's, he's still a, a buy with the with the room that there's potential for him to to grow. Obviously, the the pass catching weapons, I think they could could take a, a step forward. I mean, Pittman's looked great this year, but then beyond that, there's not really anyone of any note. So. I do think moving forward, if if the Colts can get a few more weapons for him, then then yeah, I think Wentz can can maintain that value and maybe even creep up a little a little bit higher in in people's rankings. Um, so so my question back to you guys is what what do you think Wentz's current value is in in terms of a a superflex league? What what would you be happy to to pay to acquire him right now? I think it's a late first for me. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking if I'd add any, add anything on top. I guess it depends on your league format. Um, leagues can be quite interesting QB-wise. Some 12-team leagues, they're valued usually overpriced. Some some 12-team leagues, it's a little bit easier to acquire them. So it is all based on your league, but I'd say late first. Yeah, I think it's got to be at least a late first. I know in a lot of my leagues, the quarterbacks are so expensive to try and trade for. It's ridiculous. and A lot of them don't tend to move because of the, because of that fact. And you have to throw two firsts at someone for a, a quarterback two, and it's just it's ridiculous. But I think a late first is what I'd be happy to pay, and I think uh, that'd possibly get it done. What about you, Matt? Um, yeah, I think when you talk about starting starting quarterback in, in terms of fantasy and superflex leagues, we do tend to say, don't we, it's, it's at least a first. So I think a late first is, is, is yeah, fine. And I think maybe I would be happy to pay a, a touch more to, to get it done. Um, like I say, I just I just do think that now it's it's a completely different offense than than what he had to deal with 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 the Eagles. Sorry to to, to keep bashing on your Eagles, yeah, Deb, but it's bang on, it's bang on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just do think behind this this O line, you you see it with with numerous players. As soon as they get behind a, a strong O line, and just just having that a little bit more time to 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 make the throws and, and make the decisions for and as I say, for a player like Carson Wentz, who we know he can, he can throw some some idiotic balls at times it, it just gets it out of his hands but now as i say with that that improved o-line it, it just looks like a, a completely different player and, and back to to the player that i think the eagles hope they would have got when when they drafted him so yeah i'll be happy to pay a touch more just because i do think he's, he has that little bit of longevity he's, he's not the old, the oldest quarterback so still got plenty of years left in him so yeah i don't mind paying a, a touch more than a, a late first if i have to Question is, is is Wentz the most underrated quarterback in the NFL? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Definitely there you go. <laughs> well, we better move on to my last pick. And it's 
it's Jalen Waddle, and it was certainly good to see the Waddle dance, and it all seemed really happy and in Miami this week, and quite rightly so, with with the team on a on a bit of a mid season charge, rolling off four straight wins, and Waddle right now is absolutely smashing it in his in his rookie season. Um, since week six, Waddle is the wide receiver two, only behind Cooper Cup. Um, and I feel like it's going a, a little bit under the radar with all the talk about rookie sensation Jamar Chase, obviously, and his Anu consensus dynasty wide receiver one. Um, obviously, a lot more talked about than than Waddle in the community. And all the, Waddle ranks twentieth in points per game, a to at fifteen point one, and uh, Chase is at seventeen point one. So there's not a lot of difference between them. Um, but I bet in dynasty startups, there's going to be obviously. A huge difference between them in terms of where they're where they're taken and this week he absolutely torched the panthers 10 targets nine receptions 137 yards and a touchdown um and he's got an absolute it's fine schedule down the stretch he's got the the jets and the giants either side of the bye followed by the saints and the titans that aren't aren't tough matchups right tough matchups right now and and with miami being pass heavy they're ranking seventh in Pass attempts per game at, at 38.3. I think that Waddle himself is going to be on quite a few championship winning rosters come the end of the season. Um, and when he booms, he really does go off. He was the overall wide receiver one this week, which shows that he can, yeah. he can clearly win people matchups in any week. And he's he's shown great rapport with quarterback Tua, who's also impressing in, in the second half of the season. He's second in the NFL right now in <laughs> completion percentage at 70.5%, which is really impressive. And Kev, you're obviously very happy about that. Um, I think it possibly, I think it possibly bodes well for two are possibly sticking around in Miami going forward. Hopefully, anyway. Um, and I personally just think that Waddle deserves a bit more respect for for what he's done in his um, in this season, helping carrying the Dolphins' offense on his back while Will Fuller and Devonte Parker have been completely missing in action. Uh, so, I'm personally boldly putting Waddle in in my, in my guy section for next season and. And beyond, I think it's going to be. He's even a good buy candidate right now. Being a, being, even being a rookie and impressing this season, I think I'd still be looking to, to buy him at, at whatever cost it was. So, my question to you boys is: straight up in dynasty, would you rather own Jalen Waddle or fellow rookie wide receiver Devonta Smith? Mm, it is a good question. Um, I had Waddle over over Smith this off season, and to be honest, I don't think I've I've seen anything from from Smith that that have made me move him above Waddle at least. I mean, they've both been really impressive as rookies and they've probably, as you say, both been overshadowed by by Jamar Chase's hot start to the, to the season. Um, it's just clear to see that the connection that Tua and Waddle, they already built at the time with, with Alabama in, in college and, and we spoke about it during the off-season. It's, it's just led to him being able to make a, an immediate impact. Um, like you mentioned as well, Ali has benefited from the the lack of competition too with with Parker and IR, um, and to be honest, there's, there's not really any any names that stand out apart from Mike Gasecki as, as somebody to note. Beyond that, it's it's pretty weak. So he has he has benefited from that, and I think I just have more faith in in that connection and and that level of quarterback play compared to to Jalen Hurts and and Devante Smith. Um, although I I think both are going to be great fantasy assets in in dynasties for for, for years to come. Yeah, I mean, first off, I love the Waddle touchdown penguin dance. Um, he definitely showed us um, happy feet. <laughs> Wee. Um, yeah, I think Waddle is, is actually outperformed expectations for me. A lot of it's been based on volume, wide receiver seven in targets this season. And I do expect more competition this offseason. Um, he has been outperforming Devontae Smith in fantasy points and fantasy points per game, but... Like Matt, I think they've both done really well. I think mm-hmm. I I just find it really hard to move one of these guys over the other based on your own rankings. I had Devontae two, I had Waddle four. I won't mention who I had number three. <laughs> Get off the terrace. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just I think Devontae is, is flashing up for the worst QB. I think the situation might not change immediately, but in Dynasty we're banking on talent, and in my eyes, I've got Smith uh, slightly more talented than Waddle. Um, I would be interested if I had Waddle moving off to something like Devontae Plus. Likewise, if I had Devontae, I'd be happy moving off to, to Waddle Plus and a little bit more on top. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at. And I think if you follow Draft Capital and just go down the order of how we're drafted, 
it's pretty similar to Alec Farming. Yeah. yeah. I think I think the real question we should be asking Kev is who would you rather have in Dynasty? <laughs> Jalen Waddle or DJ Chark? <laughs> the, the regular the regular listeners will, will know will know what we're talking about. We, we need to know, Kev. Has has those rankings changed after, after yeah, I think, the off season? <laughs> I, I think we'll we'll definitely get onto it this off season when we discuss um misses. Um <laughs> might be a rookie I've I've currently missed on so far and and the way that missing on a rookie can affect a lot of your rankings. Um, I mean, obviously, it's one lower check. Um, <laughs> just, just because the injury, really. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we, I we, we're just talking in, in ifs and what's, aren't we? Because we, we don't know what could have happened, do we, if, if Chart didn't get hurt? So. <laughs> I think we nah, do. I'm just, I'm just playing with you, I'm just, I'm just playing with you. <laughs> no, it'll, it'll, it'll all make more sense when we go into the misses. The fact that I had Terrace Marshall above... Um, above Waddle and it just felt like yeah. if I'm ranking Marshall at a certain spot, yeah. then Waddle has to go below him. If if your rookie rankings are wrong, it's gonna impact um it's gonna impact all the guys below in the in the yeah. rankings. Yeah certainly gonna be a, a busy show if we do a misses show. Uh, just thinking about <laughs> <laughs> Kenny going well <laughs> <laughs> So, so with that, that brings us to the end of the show where we've discussed some of the key players and talking points from this week's action while analysing them from a dynasty perspective. So is there any, any final thoughts on today's show? I'll come to you first, Matt. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've had two two key injuries to, to star fantasy assets in, in McCaffrey and, and Dalvin Cook this past week. Absolute killer um, to, to your teams if, if you have him in fantasy, whether you're making that that push for the playoffs or if you were preparing for, for your playoffs in in a couple of weeks. It's it's been a really tough year to be honest again this year for for for, for injuries. So yeah, I do feel feel bad for anybody that has these guys and you, you feel like you can make that push and, and for this to happen just, just before the the playoff start it is tough but yeah in terms of the show it's been nice to be able to to give a bit of love to a couple of tight ends this week like Kev says I, I, I am I am partial to a nice tight end so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it, it's been a fun show um I think especially as well with the the mess that the position has been this this year it, it's good that we can be able to say some nice things about a, a couple of tight ends um not much left in in terms of usual players to pick up off your waivers at, at this stage of the season. Um, but but it is always worth keeping an eye on those those waivers just in case anybody has been dropped that that maybe shouldn't have been dropped. So even though we're we're not giving any any waivers this week, you, you do have to keep your eye on the waivers just in case anybody's happened to to, to drop anybody. Um, and yeah, we, we've reached that stressful stage now of the season where every win and loss it becomes so crucial and. In terms of, of making the playoffs, so yeah, best of luck to, to everyone in your matchups this week. Even, even you, Kev. I hope you. Oh, thanks, yeah. Matt. <laughs> I hope you do well this week. <laughs> I'm not going to say it back, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think key things I've took from tonight is that rookies continue to show in the second half of the season. Postman, Pat Waddle, we spoke about tonight. Matt Jones, Elijah Mitchell, uh, Javante Williams. I don't want Ali to get a stonk on. Um, <laughs> But basically, good luck buying a high-flying rookie. Um, it, it, but if you do manage to get him, the the great because uh, the value of both contenders and rebuilders is just going to drive that price up. I, I still think there's definite QB twos to be had at a value. We've mentioned uh, Cousins last week. We've mentioned Carr and Wentz this week. Uh, I think it's dangerous when you're fishing, um, sort of towards the lower end of the QBs. Uh, for example, I spent a second on Cam Newton on Sunday. And that was the fastest burnt second round pick since Terrace Marshall. Um, <laughs> but yeah, having said that, I do think this is a time of the year when you're trading for titles. So if you have to overpay a little bit to get your AJ Brown replacement, your CMC replacement, the final piece, you've got to do it and not have any regrets and finish runner up. And then lastly, Taysom Hill, league winner. <laughs> again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, again. <laughs> just, uh, just wanted to do a shout out for us for showing the tight ends a mm. bit of love this week. Um, we don't find a lot of podcasts that generally do that, so pat on the back for us. Um, and next week we're going to be talking about kickers. No, we're not really. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just another 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 week of more brutal injuries. Uh, it just shows that no matter how much research you do, you can draft the absolute perfect team on paper. But but fantasy football generally requires a huge slice of luck to win championships, and 
all the people with Cam Akers and Derek Henry and all, you know, Travis Etienne, Kev. It's just unfortunate for for that and you have to recover from it. And Kev, you made a great point about acting fast if you have a key injury like a CMC or a Delvin Cook the set to miss a couple of weeks. Don't just think, oh, well, that's, that's my season gone. Go out and aggressively replace him, even if you have to overplay, overpay. We we play to win, not just to have a sexy young roster at the end of the day. Um, and then just finally wanted to to mention it was a win-win last week or this week, sorry, Kev, with Jonathan Taylor. I didn't curse him too much, so you were happy that he got his touchdown and for your home league. And I was happy that we held him under 100 scrimmage yards the first time since week three. So that was that was nice, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it was indeed. I'm, I'm glad that he's still keeping his health, but I'll be monitoring it closely. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Uh, so, so thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard. And join us on our next show, which will drop on Tuesday, the 7th of December, where we'll be recapping all the key talking points from week 13. So thank you once again. Have a good one and we'll see you soon. ta Bye. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.